Welcome, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. Investors, as we all know, financing deals can be very challenging. If you are looking for funding for your next real estate transaction, we want to introduce you to Fund That Flip. Fund That Flip is a lender that gets you fast, affordable capital on your one to four unit projects, including single family rental and new construction. Ladies, we have known the founder, Matt, and his company for many years, and they are the real deal. So Andressa, where can they learn more? Ladies, if you're looking for great terms and reliable service, check out fundaflip.com backslash investor. Megan McCollum left as a chief of a fire department to invest in real estate full time, and she's never looked back. She currently owns a 40 plus unit portfolio, including a 29 unit apartment building. She is a buy and hold investor and recently started two new companies with the focus on educating others, Tigon Education and Liger Investing. On today's episode, we cover so much with Megan, including exploring what currency you already have, the key ingredients of risk analysis, why you should have three plans when you buy property, and how to choose a mentor. This is Liz. And this is Andressa. Welcome back to the Real Estate Investor Show. And Andreas and I are together today. We normally are not. So we're actually sitting right next to each other. So, so it's pretty weird. exciting. It's weird. <laughs> it's weird. I'm like, I'm right next to you. <laughs> Welcome, Megan, to the show. Hi, ladies. It is amazing to see the two of you together. We're really excited to have Megan on today's show. She has an amazing story of how she became a real estate investor and just her passion. And you guys will experience that in a moment. Uh, but as we like to do when we get started is kind of get connected to all of you. And Andresa has something she'd like to share with us. Yeah, so. I, I want to share with you guys what Liz and I always talked about. And we always have so much fun around this, this question that we always get um, from different, different channels. Always people say, hey, I would like to meet you to pick your brain. And that we, we laugh when we get that, but I wanna, I wanna share with you guys what is our perspective when we're getting those. So it's just like me looking to get knowledge from somebody, take their time, and it just doesn't sound right to me. And, and we, we always say, I get the intention, but how can we phrase that in a different way? So, hey, I would like to get together to, you know, maybe buy you some coffee or chat for 15 minutes, see what's your needs and see if there's a possibility of collaboration in the future instead of, oh, can I pick your brain, get everything you took years to learn the mentors that you paid, the knowledge that you got from them. Let me just suck that up for 15 minutes. It, it, you know, it's, it's just not cool. And we, we laugh about it. We are, we are serious about it too. So think about it next time that you are asking somebody to pick their brain. And instead of that, talk about collaboration. How am I intention to see if there is a feat here and how can we collaborate in the future? Yeah, it's not the, the, the taking first, but it's actually the giving, right? And, and that's what you're talking about too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I, got, I got a note the other day about someone saying, can you, can you help me, you know, um, 
hey, I just found you on Bigger Pockets. You know, can you run comps on this and that? I'm like, I'm, I don't even have access to the MLS. Actually, I'm not a realtor, <laughs> but um, but I'm gonna try to help them. I'm mean, gonna connect them to a realtor and do that. But right, right, it's a giving and taking, right? Exactly. And not just taking. So exactly. So with that, Miss Megan, thank you for being on our show. We're, we're excited to have you on here today. As we, we like to do is we, you know, really get into your story, which you have an amazing story. We'd like to kind of rewind a bit and ask you really about how did you get involved in this business? But more importantly, what compelled you to get involved in real estate investing? Because uh, there's a lot that people can do. Uh, so what for you pulled you into this business? Um, my mom. My mom was uh, a big proponent of me making a very making smart investments in real estate. So uh, she's the smartest woman I've ever met my entire life. And of course, uh, I fought with her most of my life to not listen to her. But as I got older, I was like, oh, well, there might be some wisdom behind all of this stuff you've been telling me. So um, I took three and a half years to, to purchase my first rental income property, which was a duplex in... Evanston, Illinois, which is the suburb just north of the city of Chicago on Lake Michigan. Hmm. And um, I'm actually, this is, this is it. I'm here. This is the house I first bought uh, as a rental property. How cold is there now though? Oh, uh, now it's warming up. We're at a, a negative tenor. So we're at <laughs> neg negative 10. It's, this is the coldest day I believe in my entire life that wow. um, living in Chicago. It feels a little Alaskan. It's like an Alaskan vacation, only I, no moose. <laughs> Um, and, uh, we will be doing fur trapping today, but it feels like I could be doing some fur trapping. It's very flipping cold out there. Um, everything's like closed. I'm amazed. Uh, and I, you know, we talked a little bit before we started this, but I, I might go out and take some video of how desolate everything is, but people it's, it's good to stay indoors at times like this. Cause you don't want your firemen and paramedics and cops having to be out there risking getting injured either. So that's where I started my career. Um, well, first I started as a personal trainer. Then I played some, you know, I, I did some, I spent a couple of years playing women's professional football and personal training. And then I, I moved into firefighting. Um, and so I was a firefighter. So that's where I, I started my side hustle of real estate investing. Mm. And um, it's just, something I just poured myself into as a firefighter. I was going in and taking these houses apart. And so I was like, I should learn more about houses because I'm, I, I work in houses. I, I take them apart and then I rebuild them and rent them to people. So um, I quickly decided to pour myself into more education. I became a certified home inspector, uh, which I'll tell you what, Take the, there's an online course. It's a, it's a company called NACHI, N-A-C-H-I, National Association Certified Home Inspectors. You can go online. There's tons of online education. It's amazing. So when you go through a walkthrough, obviously you're not going to do your own inspections because you'll be drawn to all the positives naturally and you might miss the negatives. Let a professional do it because he's looking for every negative to, to CYA because uh, he doesn't want to miss anything and have you come back and sue him. But you can sit there and see a lot of the things when you do your original walkthrough before you make an offer on a property. You'll know that the life of the, the furnace or heater is already at the end of its life. Or you'll, you'll see things that aren't to code and you'll know to like bring them up even before the inspection. What I found is a lot of people like to use the inspection, especially new buyers, as a negotiating tool. 
inappropriately versus actually looking for true concessions to make the deal happen. Yeah. So your, ins your inspection is not there to get a, to strong arm the seller because the seller doesn't need you right now. Mm -hmm. The buyer is at the mercy of the seller. And when that happens, you just have to be honest and fair. And I think in all markets, you should be honest and fair. So uh, I went from home inspection, which actually helped me as a fireman because now I could walk into a house and be like, okay, 1914 balloon frame construction. I know if I need to bail and I can't get near a window, I can go through a wall. So I also know the problems that are in the wall. Uh, so I think if you're going to be a real estate investor and you want to be an active real estate investor, especially in a market that is getting tougher and tougher by the day, you need to up your game in education. So ladies, what you are talking about as far as people picking your brain, I have basically given myself a PhD in real estate investing and economics over the past four years because it's been 16 hours a day pretty much for four years. And I've been talking to billionaire developers out of New York City who, who've been you know, mentoring me and helping me. Um, sitting down with women like Kathy Fetke and learning about what the hardships are in their business and, and how, how I should probably approach what I want to do and maybe listen to the fact that they say, ignore this population, focus on this one. Mm -hmm. Instead of going after what my heart says, I need to start thinking more with my head a little bit. Um, but there is, this is a two-sided sword, right? So when you take a position of responsibility, which I consider any type of fame or having a thought leadership platform, mm -hmm. you, it is your responsibility to give to your public. And like mm -hmm. through, through things like this, through your podcast, this is your give, right? So uh, you guys spend tons of time on this, talking with people, engaging with people, setting this up, editing, collaborating together. This is your give back. So for someone to come and ask to pick your brain, it seems like a lazy ask, because there's so much of you out there already, hmm. right? So, I mean, like, uh, I love bigger pockets. I used to be on there all the time giving, but I would answer the same damn question <laughs> 40 <laughs> times a month. And I just was like, you know what? Nobody here wants to do any work. Right. No, no, I'm not saying no, that's wrong. Nobody's too hard, but there were plenty of people who were like, what can you give me? And can I have all your systems? And can I have all your legalese and your time? And like, I'll tell you what, my time is like my most valuable thing. That's right. So you're basically asking for a part of my life. And yep. I don't know you. <laughs> I, don't, I will write a book. I will make a video. I will put it on Instagram, on Facebook. I'll invite you right. to when I'm having group things. I will give you as much time as I can. But if you want one-on-one -on -one consulting, because that's what picking someone's brain is yeah right pay me because i will in one hour whatever your problem is give you solutions above and beyond what you are able to conceive of because i have all of these either network connections right or um i've had to pay lawyers tens of thousands of dollars to make bad decisions and unmake them um so for me to just run around i, I just can't and i've given for the past two years i have i would not say i worked all I've done is educate people for free, give my time away, right. <laughs> um, help, 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 help people develop real estate investing clubs, giving people thought leadership platforms that have, you know, driven them to be, you know, have, hosting their own conferences now and encouraging partnerships that are, you know, that are happening everywhere. Like right. I've given for two straight years. 
I need to get paid at this point in my life because I want to retire in five years. I mean, I am already retired. I'm a, I'm, 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 I'm a passive, you know, all my income is passive at this point. I don't have to work. So um, it's really hard, especially when you have someone who doesn't have to work for a living. And then you're like, hey, give me your free time. And I'm like, I just busted everything my whole entire life to be able to not have to give anyone my time, yeah. sell my time. So you're right. Ask for, you know, always, like, always be adding value is like my, if I had a mantra in, in business, that would be it. Hashtag always be adding value. I put it on almost everything I post on Instagram. Um, because I'll tell you what, here are some things that have happened in my life without me being able to be out there and really doing much. But because I'm offering help to people above me, these are the opportunities that have come forth. I've been asked to be on the board of directors for Jay Heinrichs and Brian Burke and uh, Chris Clothiers uh, and a couple other guys from Bigger Pockets. Um, their nonprofit organization, A Hero's Home. So I'll be sitting with them. We'll be raising money and funds to give houses to service members, policemen, and firemen who are in need, um, and they'll have a home, no debt, um, because a lot of times those people have a lot of traumatic things that happen to them, and they have a hard time getting over that. And we all know that financial stress is horrible, and there's nothing less safe than not being able to provide you know, for your, your family and keep a, you know, roof over your head. So especially in the light where we just had this huge government shutdown, which had me scared for, to all but Jesus. Uh, I don't know that we're through with that, but you guys pay a close attention to that. That if that continued another two months, we would have had a completely different yeah. situation going on, but I don't believe it's over. Um, my wall street connections have said it's not over and uh, prepare accordingly. I don't know what that means. Um, but it's not some like it's a risk and everybody wants to be all puffy and happy about real estate and the economy and everyone's buying and flipping and all this stuff. And I'm going, okay, cool. How, how exposed are you if something does right. flip a switch? So. For that. Right. So no, sorry, finish your thought. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. I'm, I'm a hundred percent thought all the time. So you need to interrupt I, me. And <laughs> you got, you like got a, a lot of great, you got a lot of nuggets there. So I got, I heard a cats, you know, in here, no, of all the no, stuff I want to tell you. So, much to share. so two things I want to circle back on what you originally started with Andressa and what you're so eloquently saying about adding value and just, there's always two things that no matter if you are active in this business and even if you're, you have passive income, if you're active, you're not active. There's two things that people that are very, that are successful in this business, like real investors need, you know, they often will need more money or they'll need more deals. And sometimes they need both at the same time. Sometimes they need one or the other, depending on where they are. So the ladies listening, if you are new and you want to mentor with someone, you want to really quote unquote, pick their brain, don't say that moving forward. But if you want to do that, ask them what they need and, and ask them, do you need, you know, do you need more deals? Do you need more money? Because but chances are 90% of those people are going to be like, no, no, I don't need either of those things. I'm good. Then, then they're good and they have their portfolio. Then I would move on to, uh, you know, somebody who is looking to grow their portfolio. Wait, can we, wait. Yeah. Can, I, can we, can I jump in here? Yeah. Um, I totally agree. Um, but I, I would like everyone, you guys, me, even, I constantly have to do this, everyone listening to, to think more about what is currency in our industry it's not just money. It's not just time. It's not, it's networking connections. Mm -hmm. It's um, digital media marketing experience. It's, Hey, can you edit my podcast? 
because I'd have one if I had someone who would do the editing for me and they could co-host with me and I, I could pull on some great names and, you know, I don't want to do a real estate investing podcast because my whole life for the past two years, it's, it's been health, wealth, and love. That's what I've worked on for the past two years. And I've, I've been able to grow so much more outside of real estate and we've got already a bunch of great real estate investing sure, podcasts sure. like this one, right? I'm tired of everyone saying the same thing. It's exhausting to listen to the noise. If we can just find the people who we should be listening to, it decomplicates all of this. Yeah. So la ladies, getting back to the currency point, everyone has, I tell everyone or ask everyone, you know, this is like, you go to social things, everyone's like, oh, what do you do for a living? Like, I don't care what you do. What, how you sell your soul to the man is not my business. I want to know what your superpower is. And everyone has one. Hmm. And I've learned this about people through studying personality types and every personality type has something that makes them amazing. And for me, it's talking. Unfortunately, that's my greatest gift is, is talking and um, inspiring people to, to take action and do things like that. Uh, I wish it was more like accounting and, and math, but um, that's actually my giant weakness. So I find that most of my friends in real estate tend to be the CPAs, the lawyers, um, the, the penny pinchers, the, the, the point, you know, people who count all the beans because I can't do it. Like I'm like bag of beans. That's how many beans we have, like a bag, right? Like that's all I need to know. More than less. That's always good for me. It's not good for business to think that way though. Yeah. Um, I think I'm just going to jump in very quick here. What you're saying has so much value. And I, I what I feel and I see is that when when those connections are happening, there's a big lack of awareness. The person doesn't even know what she or he knows to give or what she's looking for, does not know her strengths, just have a specific agenda, which is to pick the other person's brain. But you gotta, you gotta, as you were saying, the currency, the connection, if the person is not present there and aware of where she or he is going, and what the she or he needs to offer can offer it's just it's just a a waste and not organic so so for you when you were a firefighter uh what skills that specific job gave it to you that you are applying it right now because a lot of the ladies come from completely different backgrounds and they are not making the connections they are not getting the the skills that they had before that they can totally apply to real estate. In your case, tell, tell us more about what skills did you have before that you did apply to real estate? Oh man, this is like my bread and butter right here. Risk analysis. I mean, I run into burning buildings for a living. You have to figure out how not to die every time you go in, right? I mean, I've been... Uh, I've been in some crazy situations, uh, some catastrophic situations, you know, and people's lives have been in my hands and you have to make, you have to know. So there's two ways to hedge risk. I'm a huge risk nerd. Um, I actually just started talking and my book sitting here, it's, it's called risk intelligence um, or how to live, how to live with uncertainty. It's by a guy named Dylan Evans. Uh, very interesting guy. He's created a risk. Like basically he's saying that risk is an intelligence hmm. and that like IQ or EQ, there's RQ. Um, and we're currently wor working on some stuff for real estate investors and we'll have some digital products coming out 
later. I don't Very know how cool. much later. Um, but I, that's, that's all I've studied is risk and how to see, like when change is constant, but you have to notice the anomaly, anom thank you, anomalies in change. And you have to be able to see what that change, how, how every change changes your perception of, of risk. The two ways to, to hedge against risk are control and education. So you can't control everything. And I wish you could, because I have been deemed a control freak a little bit, but that's because I'm constantly trying to hedge risk in every part of my life. Like when the toothpaste starts to get too low, I'm like, okay, maybe I should go buy three more and then I'll hide two and I'll put the, I mean, it's ridiculous. I'm constantly trying to become as resilient as possible mm -hmm. because when you hedge risk and you're resilient, you can help other people. But yeah. when you need, as a fireman, I learned that as long as I kept myself in shape, healthy, educated, and aware of my constant things, and I didn't get tunnel vision on, on fire, I didn't run in and have to be the hero to put out the fire, and I was just taking constantly reevaluating and taking everything in, I was the safest person in every situation hmm. because I took nothing for granted, and we really can't control much. We have this whole idea that we can control things around us. Like, I mean, so I'll tell you, so I have a master's degree in threat response management from University of Chicago, and you would think what we were doing was trying to gain control over situations, but you don't. You just try to set yourself up with as many tools as possible and try to creatively implement them as much as possible as you can with very differing backgrounds. Mm -hmm. So we would want to connect with different, like if we had a people problem in a city on the emergency management side of things, you'd want to connect people from different groups because everyone has a different perspective. Getting back to what your question was, um, people who are coming from outside of real estate always thrill me so much more than somebody who came up in the business because your perspective is going to be unique to you. Yeah. You probably found your strengths already because you chose a job you were good at or you were happy doing. That means you've already diverted yourself towards your strengths. So if you're a lawyer, I know what your strength is. If you're a, if you're a garbage person, I know what your strength is. If you are a flight attendant, I know what your strength is. You chose a career path that served others in a specific way that you have to, you have to make that similar to how you go in towards real estate. So guess what? I'm the dumb, dumb fireman who likes to kick down doors and run into burning buildings. I'm not good at bean counting. I, I, an Excel spreadsheet is something I've had to just muddle through as much as I've had to survive it. Technology, guess what? I didn't sit down at a desk until I started real estate investing in 2015. I've never worked a normal nine to five job. I don't get how people function in these little boxes of when they're <laughs> supposed to be places ever. I am not a normal person. So for me, real estate being, it, being a real estate investor means I don't have to be. There's no normalcy in real estate. Right. There are contrived ideas of what one should do to wholesale or flip That's a so house. True. That's so true. If you look around, there is a lot of norm. <sighs> no, oh, no that's norm. the standard real estate investor. Yeah, there there's no norm. such thing. Yeah. The standard has always been the loudest voice in the room. Mm. It's never been a woman's. It's never made much more sense than the most basic things you can get out of. Like, most, I'm sorry, but to be honest with you, people stop making educational courses unless you offer something completely different from the thousands of other ones out there. It's noise. 
It's noise. If you want to tell me something, if you want to teach something, do something that is about you and how you applied your skills to something I've already heard of. Because a zoologist, I don't know how you look at real estate, but you have something really interesting to bring to it. I want to hear what you have to bring. Bring yourself to the table when you're investing in real estate. Again, the Dave Ramseys. The, uh, hundreds of other hundreds of other names typically of men who are teaching how to invest in real estate is the same noise from a different mouth most of the time. So when you're looking for, so, so the other thing you guys mentioned and I want to go to real quick is how do I choose a mentor? Just because Liz is on bigger pockets talking about a thing doesn't mean that she's the person you want to chase down to learn a thing from. Your mentor, there's two types of mentors. One's just like you who will have suffered and experienced all the fallbacks you will if you go it alone. And then there's the, your, your absolute opposite. It's the person who completes you. It's the, it's the mentor who has all the answers against your weaknesses to show you how to you know, succeed and survive. And that person has a network that you could probably just tap right into if they like you. Again, mentorship is you are chosen. Like as a mentor, you pick your student and you don't as a mentee pick your mentor. If you want to pick your mentor, read their book, then ask them poignant questions that have nothing to do with what was in their book, their posts, their podcasts, their videos, their education series, and treat them like a person. One of the other opportunities I've just kind of fallen into uh, by doing work and we're actively networking is I'm gonna go stand up paddleboarding, uh, surfing. I'm going to a stand up paddleboard surfing class with Kathy Fetke for a week. Uh, if you don't know who she is, what? Um, so yeah, she's, she's, on, uh, she's, she's on our podcast, I forget what Yeah, name. she's pretty much, she's uh, most people would say she's one of, if not the leading real, female real estate investors. Um, there are some other female real estate investors who don't like being deemed female but I think everyone has their own hangups for their own reasons. And that's cool. Um, but you know, yeah. you've got that situation with Kathy. Um, so again, me, I'm really good at seeing opportunity and I'm also really good at seeing people's strengths. And so I get a lot of those people saying, can I pick your brain? Cause I don't know what to do in real estate. And I'm like, you're gonna have to wait for the digital products to come out to tell you what to do because <laughs> right. I'm working on that to help. If I help one person and give one person an hour, that's one hour that I could have used to help 10,000 yeah. um, within creating these products or like you guys are doing, like th this is a product. This podcast is a sure, product. Sure. Um, and when you have more to say, you only have time to say it to the people who can either proselytize for you to help push your ideas, ideologies, or, or grow something that will help more people or people who will take what you're doing and make them money. Or, yeah. you know, make the person who's offering the information money. Um, but like if someone, if someone came to me right now, like I'm right by Northwestern University here in Evanston. If I had a student that said, oh my God, I want to be in real estate investing. I'm all in. I'm, I'll give you eight hours a day and I'll still go to school. Like whatever. I mean, you know, wow me, you know, tell me, but don't wow me so much that you can't follow through on what you say. Um, I'd be like, cool. You can move into the unit upstairs that I use for business. And, uh, you can live for free and then you can work for me right. and I'll mentor you through. I mean, I was trying to hire people at like 12 bucks an hour and mentor them for, for one year and then set them free. 
Yeah. I get, I, you know, you get an income. If you want more, that's on you. But from the hours you give me, you're going to learn everything you need to become a real estate investor. And my first guy I had go through that, he has bought his first property and oh, that's great. he never thought he'd be able to do that. But um, yeah, so that's... redirect me. I'm out of control. No, no, you're not. <laughs> so I want to, I want to circle back on what you said a moment ago. You said a lot of things, but in a lot of helpful things, the passive income part. So you went from, you know, really being experienced as a, as a firefighter, growing in that organization, shifting gears. Um, how did you get to the point in, in really a few years, you know, you said 2015, you started. So how did you go from firefighter to real estate investor to most importantly, what you just mentioned around having enough passive income coming in to support yourself? So how did you, how did you do that? Let's, let's just dissect that a little bit because I think there's a lot of probably great golden nuggets in there that women could really uh, appreciate. Um, first of all, lean in real close when I say this, there's no secrets in real estate. Here's the big secret no one's talking about in most of their courses because they can't sell you on it because we're not in the right, we're not in the right cycle. Buy your real estate when it's cheapest and sell it all when it's most expensive. Basic economics. That is how you do it. So I, what I ended up doing was I would buy real estate. I bought it right. I mean, I waited for three and a half years to buy this property, waiting for the market. And I just kept saving up money. I didn't know I was going to get this thing. Um, it's worth four times what I paid for it. Um, and this area is never going to go bad. I'm seven houses away from Northwestern's football stadium. So Big Ten comes through my front and backyard, you know, every fall. Uh, be smart. Be wait. Be patient. A good gambler, a good, uh, a good Texas Hold'em player watches and reads their odds and doesn't do it for the high they get on a score, right? Investing gets people high. Getting the deal gets people high. People brag about it. Oh, I own all this crap and I have control over all these things. Mm -hmm. And most people, even when, if, if people start saying how many prop, you know, things they have under control, um, I've had people who work for property management companies at, as a pro, you know, basically not like even managing the property management company, but works in the, the management company say, well, I control over two, th two, 3000 units. And I'm like, I find out later, I'm like, no, no, you don't. You work for a company that doesn't even own that many, but you're passing it off. So wait, it's, it's easy to make a ton of money if you're patient and you save and you can be saving in ways different than what we are doing now. And I'm finding out all these nuggets, like now that I have more full time to put into it, but I got lucky because I just listened to the basics and but I didn't how, rush how did into anything. Know, but how did you know, Megan? Because I think there's a lot of folks, you know, and, it, and I was talking to an investor the other day. She's, she's experienced with single families and, and even small multis, and she's trying to get to that next level, right? She really wants to get into a little bit of a larger building. And, mm -hmm. and for everyone who's going to that next level, whatever that next level looks like for them. But if it's something that you have a goal set for and you're going to the next level, how do you know when like the right time is? Like, how did you know to pull the trigger and that deal came up? I guess the one that, you know, one of the ones that you're in, I know you have other multifamilies. How did you know, you know, or at least what percentage of you did you feel like, yeah, hey, this is the right time to do this? How did you know that? Um, I started seeing like properties come off the foreclosure list faster. So that people buying foreclosures 
are not normally regular buyers. They don't get it, understand it, and it makes them uncomfortable. People buying foreclosures are typically investors. So when I saw more and more investors buying, I knew that regular buyers would have to be close behind. Mm. Um, and that's where the upswell in the market happened. I bought 2012. By 2014, everything was like, yep. so, um, so I just looked for a foreclosure that would drive me rental income in a very, I mean, I'm a mile from Lake Michigan. I've got Metra block, two blocks from my house. I often have to run there. I've had to run there barefoot once. I made it. So that's how close my public transportation is. Um, I'm right by the university. I knew the areas. So think about it, guys. Class A properties. When the market tanks, you buy class A. Never buy class A unless the market's at its lowest. Unless you're super wealthy and you're just looking to park millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. Um, but again, parking a whole bunch of money in one place is really risky because you got all your eggs in one basket. Um, but as for someone who's a new investor, buy the best, in the best area, if you, if you got a little bit of money, buy the cheapest house and rent it out and don't fix it up right away. Maybe save the money, you know, buy, buy the first one, keep your rent low, let the economy pick back up. Usually then you can get loans easier. You can get your, uh, HELOC on the property as the valuations go up. So you're not putting money, taking money out of pocket to improve the property if you don't have to. Um, there's so many things guys. It, it's really hard. So it's like, even with you guys picking my brain, I'm like, I could talk for eight hours unscripted <laughs> and someone should just copy it down and write it into a book and hand it out to everyone for there free. You go. Right. Yeah, I'd be okay. okay. Yeah. So if anyone, anyone wants to ghostwrite books for me, that could go. add value. There I'm looking go. for podcast editors, ghostwriters, bloggers. I mean, these are the things I just don't have time for. And through all those things, I could mentor you and you know, like, and for you guys too, I, my guess, are you, are you guys editing your own podcast? If we are editing our own po podcast. Yeah. Are you editing right now? Yes. yes. Yep. Right. But here you go. Now there's an opportunity for you guys too. Maybe there's somebody who's like, I want to pick both your brands and I love this investor community. Maybe someone's like, I will do it. I'll do your podcast. Cool. Yeah, and now, now they're part of it. Yeah, the goal is to delegate all the admin stuff to uh, somebody. And, and what we are working on right now is to creating the standard operating procedures so that can be done, you know, in a, in not just like, hey, here it is. Do it whatever you think is the best way. I want to circle back on that point that you're talking about the market itself. What I see a lot of folks that are starting, they're just looking at the property itself and not understanding the market around it. And one thing that I always tell people when they send me um, a deal or, or, or something, I was like, I'm not going to even look inside if the outside don't qualify the property. So you mentioned transportation. What are the other items that you look at in order to um, make sure the house is a deal for you? Basically what I'm asking is, what is your particular criteria on the outside of the house first? Man, that's a really, that's a really good question. And that's a really tough question to answer. So my first, like you basically can probably squeeze most of my nuggets out of me here if you guys keep asking these questions. Okay. So um, first thing is what's your exit strategy? What's your plan for the property? You should have three and you should be able to evaluate 
which one is your least risky, which one is your most risky, and does your profitability make the risk, does it entitle the risk? So, um, oh, like for example, I wouldn't buy around universities. Like I would not go and buy a apartment building around a school because everyone's like, oh, school investing, great. Have you studied education? Probably not. If you're trying to buy properties around a school, you don't know what's happening in education. Um, if you don't know about a certain city, I'll take Chicago, for example. Um, I, I'm really interested in the mayoral election. Why? Because I think it's going to have a big impact who gets elected as mayor on whether we have a de-urbanization of the millennials and that would also bring the boomers out to the suburbs. I think there's going to be, if we don't get our, our education system under control and offer millennials' children better, safer schools, we will see urban decay happen in, in one of the greatest cities in the world because all the babies and all the grandparents are moving out. That's our big population. Will it make me happy? Why, yes. Because then as like a baby Gen X or a, what am I called, a zillennial? Gen X millennial five-year <laughs> little trick bag I'm in with all my little high school pals. Um, I'm going to be going down and buying a huge condo on the lake. That's when I'm going to upgrade my life. Like when I watch everyone else, I, I always look for when everyone runs. When people run out of a building, I go in. When people run away from an accident, I go to it. When people <laughs> are like, I'm not doing that way of real estate investing anymore. That's when I start going in because that's where opportunity is, where other people are not already. Like, you know where there's no opportunity? Creating the same educational content for flipping or wholesaling or how to do this because there's no such thing as one way of doing it, right? So do it your way. If you don't know who you are as a real estate investor, you will fail in this industry. And I have not stopped saying that. Um, I have an article that I got published in Chicago Realtor Magazine that talks about um, the process that we're creating into a digital product that should help people realize who they are and how they apply it to real estate. But you can figure it out for yourself. You know, um, I have a, the, the name of it is REI Triage. Eventually it will be a digital prod, product. But the REI stands for the, your intelligence. So it's about your REI. So your risk, emotional, and intellectual intelligence, REI. Triage. Oh my gosh, if I could remember this. I might have to give you a link to the article because off the top of my head, I don't know if I can remember all of it. T is, um, it has to do with uh, your, your, it has to do with your tolerance of risk. Um, not just what, how educated you are in risk, but how much you can tolerate it. And that usually has to do with, you know, how much money you have sitting in the bank or how much experience you might have. And so R would be, oh man, we're going to have to, we're going to do a link. We'll do a link, but I explain it all ladies. I do apologize. I'll explain it all, uh, you know, there, um, or, you know, that article explains it pretty yeah. well. And, and that article's, yeah. The article is talking to realtors, how to use the triage strategy to assess buyers or real estate investors so that realtors can finally get in their heads that a, an investor buyer buys once every 18 months and a regular buyer <laughs> typically buys once every seven years. Why not focus yeah. on investors? That adds resilience to your industry. I've been trying to get in speaking. I don't want to speak to real estate investors anymore. I want to speak to realtors and teach them yeah. how to be resilient in their industry. Um, so anyone, if you have any place I can talk to realtors and help them out and speak to them, please let me know. 
Well, we um, have, uh, we're actually speaking, Megan, uh, and maybe it's not too late to, mm-hmm. you know, but we, we have a, uh, we're speaking at this thing called She's Unstoppable. So it's a woman focused mm-hmm. real realtor conference. Very cool. Yeah. It's in uh, Dulles, Virginia in April, but we'll send you the information and we'll, we'll definitely put the link on uh, the show notes because we're, yeah. I think we have a, a coupon or something, but we're doing a little talk on it, the importance of investing and how realtors are actually set up perfectly to, to be really actually very successful in the business, but they may not be thinking that way. But you're, exactly. you're making a great right. point, but sidebar, we'll definitely connect you to the organizer. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, um, and the other thing is too, uh, investors, like you're talking about the numbers on a deal. I'm like, that's so garbage. That's so 101. That's so like my daughter who's five can, can analyze a house based on a couple of numbers and give a thumbs up, thumbs down. Yep. But I wouldn't trust what my five-year-old can do. So you probably need to do a little bit more work than my five-year-old. Um, so other things like you have to consider is SDIRA investing. You want to buy a house. You want to get into real estate, self-direct, put it in your retirement account. That way your cash flow is your cash flow for today to live off of. If you want to invest your cash flow in, into properties to, to live a better life now, great. If you can separate those two investing strategies, a house might not make sense buying it for cash. But if you look at the tax advantages and strategies using self-directed funds, some properties people are overlooking are a cash cow for a retirement investment. And people don't even see them. It's like like walking over truffles. You don't see them and you don't know how great they are because you don't know how to use them or recognize them. So it's, it's your investment modality. What's the deal? Investment modality, locality, your, your education, your experience, your risk tolerance, all of your, you have to think of what are your currencies. If legal is your currency, you should probably get, be getting in with, I don't know what kind of legal you're in. If you're an SEC attorney, you should get into syndications. If you're a general counsel attorney or diver, divorce attorney or probate attorney, you might be able to help wholesalers. Uh, get leads. So, I mean, what are you, who are you and what do you bring to the game? I don't care what you know about real estate. I want you to teach me something I don't know. I know real estate, teach me zoology and how I can apply zoology to this genetics. I don't know. Think about weird stuff. If you gave me a weird topic of what somebody was, I would want to know their perspective on maybe risk for a given thing based on what they know, or it's very interesting to, to hear and see what people can bring to the table. And that's where real estate investing gets fun and interesting. And when you make that risk and it doesn't pan out, it still was fun and interesting. And you learned an amazing lesson that no one is teaching because no one's doing what you do. So if you want to be a thought leader, if you want to be a mentor, if you want to be better than the average Jane in real estate investing, come to it from your perspective. Yeah. And what you have to bring to the table. And I love the, I love this, the idea of currency. You know, we talk a lot about strengths and, but, but what's your currency? Like that brings it to a very different level and actually a very different thought process because your strengths often you think, currency, you merely have a great visual. It's, it's actually a give and a take. It's because it's, the best part about currency is it's, it's flow, right? It's always kind of moving. That's the best part about money. You shouldn't hoard money because then it's not actually in motion. Money's best used when it's in motion. It's coming back. It's going forth. That, you know, that's why I did a lot of that kind of work, the workshops on your personality, your money personality. Mm-hmm. 
And um, I'm sure you, you did the same thing yeah. that workshop we went to. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm a saver and I'm a strong saver. And I really need to look at that where you can hold a little bit too much where you need to kind of spend too. So anyway, now I'm going off on a tangent here. But No, anyway, but I mean like I'm a spender. So someone like you would kind of pump my brakes and like yeah. that's a safer place. Even from someone like, each other. I still, I'm great at analyzing risk. Except I don't, I'm not always capable of seeing the best me from the outside of myself. I'm very yeah. good at it, but I'm not the best at it. So someone like you who pumps the brakes, I, I want to fight with you. I mean, when I say fight, I mean verbal contention mm -hmm. and you understand I respect you, which is why I'm trying to draw the best out of you. Yeah. Give me your best arguments. I'm going to take you down, not because I want to break you. I want to build you up. I, if, I can, if I can get you to see something new because of all of my experience, education, perspective, we both became stronger together. Yeah. And it's the same thing our whole country is suffering from. We're not working together by sharing our differences. We need to focus on our similarities as humans. And that's even in real estate, focus on our similarities because there are a lot of different ways of doing things and then exploit our differences. And that's where growth happens. That's where learning happens. Yeah. So be that individual, do things that are different, take risks because we, we die as a as a species when we stop taking risks you know yeah. you can't figure out who survived the best if a few don't die yeah it's and also truth. surround yourself with different i was just going to say that as a thought around the risk tolerance is knowing where you're coming from from a risk tolerance and having partners that really compliment you because if you are a yeah. risk taker your partner shouldn't be a risk taker as well i don't think you you might want to both get into new things but you got to have that that yin and yang, especially That's what in I have you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Megan, you have so much to share and we've got to have you back on. Cause I, I feel like you got to like, do like, you got to have a podcast, right? Just, just yeah. do it, man. Cause you got, you got a lot of like, just, you know, just the nuggets and you have a lot of those thoughts kind of coming out. So I, we would definitely help you promote it, but where can the ladies listening, they want to learn more about what you're up to and all the amazing kind of, you know, ideas you have, where can they learn more about you? Um, to, to be honest, I haven't been putting out much of what I've been learning yet. I haven't had the time. It's, it's, I'm trying to collect it all, organize it, systemize it, and make it something I can make more out for people. The best way to know what I'm, I'm doing at any given time really is probably Facebook. So find me, Megan McCullum, space R-E, uh, on Facebook. Okay. Um, it's, it's cool because I, I think I was the first person to start doing that on Facebook for using your profile as a professional thing. And I've started seeing more and more investors putting their name and then RE at the end. So mm. I, I love being a trendsetter. So that's kind of a cool thing I'm seeing on Facebook. Um, but yeah, I'm also on Instagram, the Megan McCollum, because apparently there's a bunch of us and oh, wow. that's how I'm the one. So <laughs> I, don't have a, I don't have a middle name. I'm, I'm just kind of the Megan McCollum. I don't have a middle name or initial or anything. So that's me, the. Um, that's awesome. So follow me, follow me there. And I, I you know, I'll, I'm trying to get to a point where I can, you know, put more tips up and engage more people in conversation. And uh, I've got a couple of companies that are, we're working on getting online, but you know, we've been really focused on the due diligence of having the best product process and people involved. And some it's, you know, two steps forward, three back, one forward, four back, five forward, one back. It's uh, it's been a dance as you guys know. So yeah, it's a dance. Yeah. And all this information for you guys, ladies out there, 
um, will be on our show notes. And now we're going to transition to our uh, fabulous three questions. And the do first, do. <laughs> we need some sound. We yeah, need right. Some sound, but I'll just do do do, do for now. So, Bing. Right. Bing. There you it's go. Like, like, a, like, a, like a typewriter going to the end of the. Bing. Oh, I love that. I like that. So then You're, the first one is: What's the most transformational book you have ever read? Can I give? just two authors because all of their books blow my mind for different reasons. Malcolm Gladwell, because the way he thinks about the intersection between science and society blows my mind. Um, He is just an absolute thrilling. I I would, I would consider him a philosopher of our current times. That's what I got my undergrad in. And I, I just think he is so brilliant and he's caused me to think in the ways that he does. And it's, I've just, I feel like I've intellectually blossomed just from reading his books. I've read all of them. Um, and then uh, the other one I'd have to say for like a personal, like if you're into self-help books or you just want to be less of a crappy person because you're in a foul mood or life's just not swinging your way, or you have some fears. If, like if you're a fearful person or a shamed person, Brene Brown, um, mm-hmm. she's a researcher all her books kick ass. Yeah. Uh, Dare to Lead is her most recent one, talking about leadership. And she, I mean, she, she, she basically makes it with actionable steps in there. Now her and her team are actually doing business uh, consulting and stuff. But um, her, the book of hers that changed my life was uh, Gift of Imperfections. So it just, we also, we always feel shameful for what we're not instead of celebrating what we are. And it's so stupid. It's such a waste of life and time. Um, like if I met her, I would cry. Like I'm such a fan of hers. Like I'm, I'm kind of tearing up. Like how Kristen Bell feels about sloths. I feel about Brene Brown. And I, I like want one to come to my birthday. I want Brene Brown to come to my birthday party and let me hold her for an hour. Let's make it happen. In a very non-creepy way. I mean, I'm only paralleling that to Kristen Bell and her creepiness. But I mean like... Yeah. That, that woman has done so much for humankind and I don't think enough people give her the credit that she's due yeah. and, and um, yeah, people like her should be like super celebrated on every level. Again, Renee Brown has nothing to do with real estate investing, but it had everything to do with making me the resilient woman who is unstoppable at this point. So yeah, I couldn't agree more. The second question, Megan is what's the most powerful routine you do to create a financially free and balanced life? I wake up every day. It's, it's, I mean, I mean, I mean, that is, that is, sometimes that is as much of a, of a routine that some people can have. Right. So one thing we didn't want to talk about, and one thing that's really like um, near and dear to my heart is how do you do this? How do you take risks? How do you keep your business going when you're suffering? Because if you look at the amount of, people are constantly suffering People have like anxiety, divorce, um, mental health issues. Uh, people have legal problems. People, I mean, like just, I've heard so many people tell me reasons why they couldn't do it. And I will tell you, I've, I'm right now currently going through one of the worst times of my life, but I keep getting up every day. Yeah. And that is sometimes all you need to provide yourself with the resilience to do the rest. So then, you know, you do that for a week. Good. You got out of bed seven days in a row, right? Okay. Now add one more thing to it and it's consistency. So add simple things, be consistent, get up, brush your teeth right away. Cool. Get up, brush your teeth right away, but turn on your favorite song to dance to while you're looking in the mirror, you're dancing, you're brushing your teeth, adding positivity. Then 
find out the next thing. Okay, I'm going to eat my breakfast really healthy every day. Not all my meals, but just my breakfast. Mm-hmm. And, you, and then that's part of your routine. So to be successful, you need to slowly, you have to have very low expectations of yourself until you are positively achieving them every little step. Do not jump from, I want to own apartment buildings today and go buy an apartment building. Like you're not a syndicator. If you don't know SEC law forward and backward, you have no business getting into syndication. It sounds sexy and you have no idea what you don't know. And that's a scary (laughs) trap. There are so many people who have no idea what happens if you mess up on a syndication and how badly it affects everyone in your investment, not just you, you go to jail, all your investors, they all get investigated. Their taxes get looked at for three years, all of the businesses they're involved in, all of their investments. And you just screwed over the top 25 people who trusted you and you didn't know any better. So don't jump any faster than you have to take your steps, build upon your steps, be consistent add one new positive thing a week, a day, whatever it is, and stop trying to be awesome right out of the gate. Suck, be small, being small is okay. Mm -hmm. And then learn from big how to get a little bigger at a time. And when you do that and you're patient and you're adding value to others, people who you've never met before will reach out to you and say, hey, you, I want you to come do this awesome thing with me because I've seen how you show up. Every day, you offer to add value every day. And all of my opportunities have come from that, even in hurt and, and dark periods. To Sometimes to, to be compassionate to yourself, you need to give to other people. Yeah. When you're hurt, hurting, giving is a, it's a really great time to give. 100%. So I wanted to talk to, about that because no one's talking about divorce yeah. or any of that kind of stuff in real estate investing. Such and I- yeah. But no one wants to hear the negative, right? So, um, but yeah, so consistency. Well, that's life, right? <laughs> yeah. And the last question is, which women, famous or non, has inspired you the most? Uh, obviously, I'm going to say uh, the one who I love the most, which was my mother, who also I consider as my first partner in real estate. She also drove me to it. She encouraged me. Um, my mom was a businesswoman. She had her own company. She hired my other brothers and sisters, and she refused to hire me. Um, to do any work for her, even again, sales. Um, I offered to go and do all of her sales, fly down to Walmart, meet with Walmart and, and deal with all their customer sales stuff. And she's like, you'd be the best at it. But she's like, that's not who you are. So she was someone who saw my strengths and, and knew what my opportunities were. And for that, she's the most amazing woman on the planet. Other people would be any woman who basically threw her middle finger up at rules and did anything but what she was supposed to do. So, you know, anyone who was in, uh, every woman who stood up against what she was supposed to do and did what she felt her calling was, is a hero of mine. And unfortunately, we don't have the opportunity to know and celebrate those women as much as we should. So to any of the women who are listening, who've done that in their life, because it was, um, I mean, like guys, 1974, our moms couldn't get credit cards on their own. They had to have a man sign for them to get credit. I mean, our moms are, are heroes throwing their fingers up. Yeah. You know, the young women who are part of the Me Too movement throwing their middle fingers up. Everyone who is working for the betterment of society, all women, doesn't matter what it's in, just thank you. Because, man, I feel like I'm taking on enough fights as, as I am in my life, and I couldn't imagine having to take on one more. So mm-hmm. everybody who's taken one on and already taken that off that I feel should be on my shoulders, 
Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Megan, thank you so much. Your uh, authenticity and transparency and just motivation, inspiration, nuggets, everything in between. We really appreciate you being here with us and sharing all your great knowledge with the ladies listening. So thank you. Thank you for being you and thank you for being on our show. Thank you, ladies. And uh, I think if there's the most important currency out there that any, anybody, any person can get this currency and make it available. And, the, and I think it's the new marketing strategy. It will be like influences are over. They're saying micro influences are the new thing. And that's because micro influencers like you guys, like anyone who's out there on your podcast, the currency they are working in right now and everyone should be working in is trust. Mm-hmm. So if you have, if you can't figure anything else out, be trustworthy, show up, do what you say you're going to do and be there when you say you're going to be there. Yeah. So thank you ladies very much Amen. for this opportunity. Thank you so much, Megan. Bye All right, guys. Bye. Have a great one. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There, you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community, and get updates on upcoming episodes. If you like our show, please share it with other women who would benefit. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, we encourage you to take one action as a result of today's show and put it into motion so you can live both a financially free and balanced life. Thanks for spending time with us. Ciao.